0: God and Other Delicacies has a weekly newsletter. If you'd like to subscribe, email me at godsdelicateshow at gmail.com, and I'll put you on the list. Also, if you're a fan of the show, please subscribe, rate it, and leave a one-to-two-sentence review on iTunes or wherever else you can give it a little push. It helps the show reach more listeners, plus it means a lot to me, because I read them, and it's nice to read nice things. Hello, everyone. Welcome to God and Other Delicacies. I'm Nicholas D'Augusto. Thank you all for being here. Today, I have the privilege of welcoming Paul James to the show. Paul is a professional television, film, and stage actor. He has a whole host of credits to his name, some good old ones which we share, like Cold Case and Without a Trace. But he's best known for his starring role in the long-running series Greek, as well as series like The Path, Hot Zone, and most recently, Netflix's Soundtrack. I was just recently introduced to Paul through our dear friend Aaron Yu, who I think might be my most well-connected friend in Hollywood. I'm interested to know if Paul sees Aaron the same way. Welcome to the show, Paul.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Hey, man. Thank you for being here. I uh, do want to rap about Aaron Yu because he is one of the most friendly, I think he is maybe my most well-connected in the sense that... If I ask him if he knows somebody, I think he does. Right. Um, do you have that experience with Aaron?
1: Yeah. It's, there's, a, there's certain people that are connectors. He's one of them. Yeah. Um, do you know Ben Feldman? It's another connector. I don't. I don't. Jonathan Sadowski. Those oh, like Jonathan
0: my, Sadowski. I know. Yeah. Those are my three
1: friends. Oh, right, 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 right. Jonathan Sadowski
0: for sure, right. man. Yeah, John and yeah. I know each other well.
1: And that's how I think I met. Sadowski through Feldman and Aaron through Sadowski. And how fantastic. Three, three, my good friends.
0: You were in like the epic triangle of connectors.
1: Right, 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 right. Yeah, oh, yeah. that's
0: great. Paul... The the real curveball here is what did you have for breakfast this morning?
1: Uh I had uh oatmeal. Healthy. Uh steel cut oatmeal. I like steel cut oatmeal. From Ireland, I don't eat oatmeal in America. <laughs> what? You have
0: I you don't. have you graduated to a level of oatmeal where it needs to be from Ireland? This one girl is this that something I, that I is this a window I need? Is this a door I need to walk through in my life?
1: There's a friend who told me that like in America there's a chemical on oatmeal and to avoid it so I get it, I get this expensive oatmeal that's from Ireland. It's wow. always still cut And I use um there's like a turmeric almond milk that I buy from uh, pressed juicery and so I use a cup of that and a cup of water to make the oatmeal so that it has this like turmeric almond milk in it and then I put blueberries in it. That's my
0: do you do best. it every morning?
1: Uh, I probably do it like four or five mornings a a week. What do you do on the other two mornings?
0: I don't eat breakfast and I'll
1: go to the gym and I'll eat after the gym. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah.
0: I get into the, I do the steel cut oatmeal, but I guess I eat the one with the chemicals. Look, it's fine.
1: There's chemicals <laughs> everywhere. You know, you have to pick your poison, literally pick your yes, poison. And true. I choose to try to get the Irish oatmeal.
0: <laughs> well, fuck,
1: I'll try it someday.
0: Um, maybe, maybe I'll come over and, and I'll, I guess it's really expensive, so I'll have to pay you, like, $5 no, to, like, fine. share in your oatmeal? It, it, you know, it's can like... Can I come over and give you $5 and eat your oatmeal? You
1: can have the oatmeal. It's great. <laughs> It'll be great. It's wonderful.
0: Paul, how and when were you introduced to the idea of God in your life?
1: Uh, from a very early age. I was raised a Christian scientist. Um,
0: Interesting. You're my first person that right. I get to talk to you about this.
1: So my parents... So my father's father was a Baptist minister, had his own church, the Hall Street Baptist Church in Montgomery, Alabama. And my mom... I. I wonder if her her father was Episcopalian. And then her mother, they were divorced, became a Christian scientist for some reason. And then my mom, who I believe had some serious depression issues in her life, found Christian science and found that that had helped her with depression and kind of cured it. Okay, hold
0: on. This is your mother?
1: Yeah. At what time in her life did she discover this? I'm I'm unclear about that. Um, But I know she wasn't raised in it. So sorry,
0: and and just for my own sense of this, I need to get some like grounding stuff. Yeah, were you born in Alabama? You said your grandfather no, was Montgomery. No, I was Alabama. born
1: in Washington D.C., where my mom was born, where okay. her whole family is. My father was born in Alabama, where his whole family was. Okay, he went to Vietnam and then wow. became a Secret Service agent. And holy shit. Um, was living in New York when they met, and then moved to D.C. I think. My sister was born in New York, so then they were married in New York and then they moved to DC and then I was they had me.
0: And then you just have your older sister. Yeah. Uh-huh. Cool. Okay. And then I'm sorry. So to get your to get back on track with where your mom was, you don't know when that happened, but it happened at some time before you were born or Yeah, it happened I believe it happened sometime before I was born. Um, maybe could have been around when your sister was born, but it was or you think it was even earlier than that. God, I wish I knew. I, I don't you know, I know that there were times when
1: I know that there was a conversation my mom told me about like my dad finding my mom like locking herself in the bathroom for a day or something like that, dealing with depression. Wow. And him like not knowing what to do. So I'm not sure then if she found the Christian science after that and that was what was healing for her. Wow. But she never exhibited any of that behavior, I mean, since. And, I,
0: I, and your mother is still with you. She's yeah, yeah, she's, she's still here. Still her. Yeah, okay, because I because yeah. you mentioned off mic that you would lost your my dad passed away. But. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Okay, um, yeah. So we were raised Christian Scientists. Um, my father, I think, had a distaste for religion, being the oldest son of a Baptist minister. Hmm. So he was kind of like, you can take the kids and raise them in whatever you want, as long as they're getting religion. And then as we as he got older, he started coming to church to support my mother, because she was what was called a reader, Christian scientists, they don't have like pastors or anything like that. They have readers that are elected to three-year terms in each church. Okay. Am I going too deep? No, no,
0: no, no, this is great. I think there are two roads happening here that I both, I want to go down both of them. One of them is your father's experience and your relationship to your father's experience. Through like his lens of seeing your mother. The other is I just kind of want to know a little bit about Christian science. Oh, yeah. So, like, can you give me just some of the basic structure? Can we spend this yeah, early time yeah, kind of sure. talking about the structure and then we'll get back to talking about your father's experience yeah, yeah, and absolutely. their relationship?
1: So Christian science is one is one of the now this is where it gets confusing to me because I have heard there's only three religions that were started in America. But I know Mormonism is one, Christian science is one, and then it's either um, Seventh-day Adventist or Jehovah's Witness, but maybe they're maybe all four were born in America, so they're all relatively new religions. Awesome. So Christian Science was started by this woman named Mary Baker Eddy late eighteen hundreds, and basically, it is you pray to be healed as opposed to going to the doctor. And so a lot of that basis is, you know, we were made in the in the image and likeness of God, which means that we are perfect innately, hmm. and we're actual, we're actually spiritual beings. And so the prayer is to get closer to that and remember who you actually are, not the material body that you were born into. So therefore, cancer and headaches and all kinds of diseases are material manifestations. So you can pray them away by realizing that you were not actually sort of made materially. That's the way I would describe it. Wow. Um, so know, are you...
0: So growing up... You weren't given things like Tylenol.
1: Oh my god! I still don't take Tylenol, but that's just because I just don't understand. I don't fully understand it. I'll take medicine now that like will cure me. You know, like what does that mean? Like uh, like an antibiotic, I'll take, or I will take like something that will like um, like Nyquil or something like that. But like,
0: if you're feeling just miserable, you got a terrible flu, you can't
1: sleep. But like, I don't take take Tylenol. I don't.
0: No, I don't really ever do that. And those things are attributed to your upbringing. You have a gen- genuine sort of reservation about taking medicine. I, I don't
1: have a reservation anymore. I just didn't grow up taking it. So huh. it's like, you know, I, I didn't go to the doctor until I was like mid-20s. Wow. We went to the dentist, I went to the eye doctor, but we didn't go to the doctor until mid-20s. Um,
0: you never went to see like a family doctor until your mid-20s? Yeah, we got like- I mean, exa- maybe, did you, so you didn't even get shots. I got shh. <laughs> so my mom is told well, This is me, actually I didn't. I didn't I, as I asked the question, I realized this is a kind of political question. now. Well, yeah. I, so, I didn't mean to make it one. No, no, but,
1: no. I asked my mom a couple of years ago, like when the whole outbreak. I was like, "Did I get vaccinated?" She's like, "Yeah, yeah, 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 yeah." But like, I don't know that I did. Like, right. I don't know that I can completely trust my mom Like, like that, you
0: like you don't know if you have the measles vaccine. I or just.
1: Something. I hope I did, and that like she wasn't being. You know, I, I I I believe that we did get shots when we were kids. Right. You know. But I didn't go to, the, I didn't get like shots growing up or anything like that. I mean, I've gotten shots since. Right. Shots, if you. Whooping cough, which I'll never get again. I couldn't move my arm for like a week after the whooping cough shot. Um, wow. Huh. But yeah. Oh man, this is great. So that's Christian science. I went to Christian science camp for like four years. Christian science was an interesting religion. It is quite a dying religion now because they don't proselytize as Mormons do. The heyday was really in the 50s when you would find um, a lot of celebrities were Christian scientists back then, and they had churches all over the place. You know, the church Mosaic used to be a Christian science church. you know where Mosaic is?
0: No, I I, I know this name, but Mosaic
1: is the big um, church that always has, like, young people out there. It's on the corner of, like, uh, I want to say La Brea and Hollywood. Okay. And when I first moved out here in 2003, it was a a Christian science church. Val Kilmer uh, was a Christian scientist because in Hollywood, he would be, like, reading... Um, Christian scientists' churches are all affiliated with reading rooms where you can get literature, and anyone can come in. There's Bibles, and so Mary Baker Eddy, when she created the religion, you know, she was inspired by God. It's called Science and Health with Key to the Scriptures. It is one of the hardest reads in American literature. Why? uh, Because it has such large words in it. Like it, it, it's a very literal book. Like. I mean, I think a lot of the reasons that I know a lot of big words are probably from reading this book growing up. Yeah, there's like chapters in it. One's called like recapitulation, which I can't even remember what that means.
0: What you're saying is, it's almost like she made it a little too hard to understand. Well, it was the 1800s. It was yeah, like late yeah, 1800s. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, that's great. what
1: they ha- Like you know, it was that was the. She was hyper smart. Is the thing? Yeah, she, she was, was super
0: smart, and she I think had that's a great what,
1: vocabulary. Right. She wrote a really high end. She wrote a high end book. Yeah. You know, if you go to a Christian science church, what they'll do is they'll, there's a board, the the, um, the Mother Church is what it's called, which sounds frightening. Um, it's in Boston. It's a beautiful building. And they, there's like a board that sets up the lesson. And you read each week, there's a lesson that you read and it's um, chapters of the Bible, correlating with chapters from science and health. And there is, I can't remember how many subjects there are, but they repeat. So there's uh, 52 is, it's half the year. So the subjects are uh, 26, is that right? Twenty-six subjects, and it'll be like spirit, uh, life, truth, love. So it'll do those things, and then it'll do other ones like necromancy. I can't remember the oh, weird wow. ones. Like, uh, uh, God, I wish I could remember some of the weirder topics. And so you read, you know, you you listen, and they sing hymns. And um, there's Sunday school, which I I went to all the time. There are Wednesday night services, which people talk about healings. They do like uh, chapters from the Bible and science and health, and people talk about healings and how they've been you know, healed and all that stuff and give other people things to remember.
0: When And the regular services are on Sundays?
1: Regular services on Sundays, yeah. So you would go to Sunday school after the regular service? No, I would go to Sunday school while the regular service was so happening. So this
0: is when you're in your childhood. Exactly. The, the regular yeah. service for the adults, you're going yeah. to Sunday school. Yeah. At a certain point, you graduate to the regular service. Yeah. Or did you, were you in it long enough to graduate? 18. I mean, yeah, I went to... I oh, went you a, don't go to the regular service until you're 18? Yeah. Is that what you just said? You're in Sunday school till 18, I believe, yeah. So it's not just for kids; it's for teenagers. Like, yeah. Oh. You yeah. don't go to the adult worship until you're 18? Until you're eighteen.
1: That's yeah. It's crazy to me.
0: Yeah. I've never heard that. And
1: that's the thing that's interesting too is because well, so Sunday school is like divided. It'll be like you know, there'll be like seven teachers for every Sunday school, and you're in the class with the people that you're your age. Wow. You know, and then it's a
0: legit middle school to high school. It's like it's like anywhere from kindergarten to yeah. eighteen. Yeah. They have you sectioned off into whatever seven divisions of yeah. those age groups. And,
1: and, ours, and the, the church we went to was like downstairs. So downstairs was the Sunday school. And then after you got out, you'd walk up and everyone would get out and then everyone would stand around talking and maybe you'd go to brunch or someone's house for a pool party or something like
0: How that. How old were you, were you still practicing in Christian science
1: after 18? Um, so I was always like way less of a Christian scientist than my sister and my mom. Like growing up in college, I was like, ooh, I like to drink. Uh, you know what I mean? And Are they
0: not supposed to drink? Oh, yeah. So as a
1: Christian scientist, you're not supposed to drink caffeine or any sort of drugs or alcohol. And the thing, the reason... Just total purity. The reason is, is because you always have to be alert and be, have your wits about you um, in order to, like, think the right thoughts, I guess. That, that's explaining it. That's not explaining it properly. But you you have to be alert. You know, you have to be able to
0: communicate, I guess, with God and at... at any point and i mean it, it, i guess the point is is if you're not going to let yourself take tylenol for a headache you're not going to take any drugs to alter your experience right anything right. is anything you do to ingest something that is mind altering or body altering in some sense is taking you away from your exactly centered godliness
1: yeah that's kind of what it is wow but then it becomes a different thing where it's like it's interesting because you could a lot of people consider christian science a cult because right? it was started by one woman. But there's no leader of it now. But it's kind of like America in that, like you know, we're always talking about the Constitution and interpreting the Constitution. I feel like Christian Scientists are always interpreting what Mary Baker Eddy would want. Hmm. Um, so there's people that are really rigid in Christian Science, and then there's people that are like aren't, that are more lax. And it's like wherever you are in your practice, which is the way I think it should be. And it wasn't. It was also a religion that was started so long ago that it's like, how do you be? How do you stay Christian Science in the modern world? I don't know that they figured out. An answer to that, really. And there's also people who are practitioners, whose job it is th- to just pray for you. If something is wrong, you call a practitioner, and they pray for you, and will call you every day. If you get cancer,
0: you call a practitioner. Call a practitioner, you, and then they, and they, they maybe also multiple practitioners. To, uh, maybe I don't know. Yeah, and they I also like
1: lecture around and stuff like
0: that. Um, the, you said you mentioned readers. What's the like format of a worship service?
1: Yeah, so you go in. Um, there would be a hymn.
0: Oh god, I have Are they once. about an hour? Like Yeah, they're an hour. Okay.
1: They're only an hour. There they would read the lesson, which is six sections, and that's the majority of it. There would be um a, a solo. There's a soloist. So she would sing, like, you know, a hymn. There's three hymns that everybody sings together, and maybe there's one selection that I think the first reader, the first reader reads only from the, mm, the Bible, and the second reader reads from Science and Health, I think.
0: Ah, oh.
1: So my mom was a first reader once and a second reader once and they're each three years. And my sister was a reader too. Um, And the the funny thing
0: is my sister married a doctor.
1: So no one's a Christian scientist anymore, which is funny.
0: Your sister, who you referred to earlier as having been more of a Christian scientist than you, had such a change of heart at some point that she ended up marrying a doctor? She married a doctor who was raised a Seventh-day Adventist I, and I actually know about right. this now because I just interviewed somebody else a few weeks ago who is a Seventh-day Adventist. And anyway, go on. Right, it's,
1: well, it's fascinating because neither of them, I think, have ever really had a drink of alcohol, the two of them, you know, and they still don't... He drinks a lot of coffee, but like they still don't... Yeah, my mom's not a Christian science either. Now she's, I mean, she's really into like woo-woo stuff. What? Woo-woo, have you never heard woo-woo? Woo-woo no. is like, it's like crystals and like Marianne Williamson. Oprah is like very half woo woo. Uh, oh man, I'm Chopra. clearly like
0: I'm I'm sorry to my listeners that I don't know anything about. Oh my this. god,
1: she's really into all that stuff. And the interesting thing is, is that when Marianne Williamson was you know running for president, I looked up the book that she based her whole practice and life on. I think it's called something about miracles, and it's basically Christian Science. It's Christian Science. It's like that's the interesting thing is like other people have found this same thing, and they call it different things and i'm not a christian scientist but i tell you like it worked growing up like i never missed a day of school i had perfect attendance i rarely got sick when i did get sick the prayer would work i like shattered my growth plate i was supposed to have um a cast on for a very i went to the doctor that one time my dad made me go to the doctor when i broke my arm i had a cast for uh, 3 weeks took it off was like healed and then i went to camp and you would you would experience like the the healings like it i there is some truth to something going on there. And maybe it's just simply mind
0: over matter. That is fantastic. Okay. I'm stopping you here. Okay. This is our first break. Okay. We're going to jump off from this point because now we've gone past the introduction part. Now I want to get into more of like what your experience was. And you're going to tell me, you're telling me right now there's value. You, you, you had experiences with this when you were younger. I want to hear about them. All right. We'll be back in a second. Okay, everybody, we're back with Paul, and I want to hear some stories about, more about this, where you're like, you felt like prayer was working for you. What I don't know is, maybe you still pray in similar ways today, or don't, I don't know, but I want to hear more about how you felt the religion worked for you as a young man. Well, it's interesting, you know, it, it, it shapes my point of
1: view on things in a way. I think to be a Christian scientist, you have to be, it's an optimistic point of view that, that gestates in you when you when you're when you're learning it, you know. We would like if I ever had something wrong, you know, if I ever had a headache or a pain or something, or I was sick, I would literally like chant. There's no truth in pain. There's no pain in truth. There's no truth in pain. There's no pain in
0: there's truth. There's no truth in
1: pain. There's no. Pain there's in no truth.
0: pain in truth.
1: Like little. This things, is a thing. This is like a thing that I was taught that I would say.
0: This is a thing that's in the book. This is an important. This is an important oh, so motto the of
1: that, the Christian scientist. I, I don't know if that's true or if it was just like what my mom taught me okay. or, you know, um, I and my father are one. There's all these things. I, it's so hard for me to remember, but there's like, the, we say the Lord's Prayer a little bit differently. Instead of like trespasses, we would say debtors. There's there's a mm. thing like that. Um, then there was like, it's spiritual interpretation. I can't remember that. I should have studied this before I came on here. Um, but there's like lots of mottos and things that you would remember Things that still make sense to me, you know, to this day. I'm not very religious um now. But it's, an, it's it's an interesting way to grow up too because it's very isolating. You know, I would have to leave class when we would talk about health.
0: You would have to leave Yeah, I would leave class and sit in the library when we would talk about health. And I think oh, hold on. Because your religion Mary Kay Eddie? Mary Baker Eddie. Mary Baker Eddie. Mary Kay. That's a that's a that's, that's a makeup, makeup. <laughs> That's funny. Mary Baker
1: Eddy, it'd be a funny sketch no one would get except for Christian scientists and But boy would it kill. Yeah. Um
0: she didn't want you to hear. I don't about, know about that. That's it, not only just like anything. you but the, whatever it is it's like not only are you not supposed to take the medicine, you're not supposed to hear what they have to say about it because you might be converted to the idea
1: that medicine might be good. I think it was more of the fact that we didn't believe in diseases, you know? And so when they were talking about tuberculosis and all this stuff, I would just be in the thing. And also, I was- What does high...
0: that mean you don't- Sorry to interrupt. Right. What does that mean you don't believe- What does it mean you don't believe in tuberculosis? Well, like- Like, like I They, said they the...
1: just, like tuberculosis is-, is... It's, a, it's a material manifestation that attacks the material body. And since we're spiritual beings, it's no more real as- you know, the hair on your head, which is real, but it's material. It's not who you really are. You're really a spiritual being. And so Christian scientists don't believe in, like, afterlife in heaven like other people do. You know, they would say, like, heaven is all around us. So when you die, you don't, like, go to a different place. You just become part of the heaven that's around you, you know? Does that
0: mean that spirit lives? It doesn't take shape or something. No. Like, you don't, they don't in ghosts. No, I don't think it's like that.
1: Like I said, I haven't really been involved in it since for a long time.
0: And I don't, just so you know, like the show is not meant that you have to be an authority. Like I'm just, we're just a couple of people trying to like uh, suss it out. But I need to ask these questions because I am fascinated by some of the things that like are coming out. And in some ways you're probably trying to get back to like the 17 year old you who was like hearing this stuff all the time, and I get that, but... Well, it's funny, too, the 17-year-old me, I mean, like, I just knew that there...
1: I just didn't think that was the way I was gonna live my life, and I knew that from an earlier age. And I also didn't really like a lot of the people that I met in church. And like I said, it was isolating. Even when I would go to church, I was a very inquisitive person, and I would ask a lot of questions, and a lot of sort of the older people that were the teachers... You know, they didn't like, uh, I, would get, I wouldn't get in trouble because my mom would never stand for that, but she would be like, well, then he doesn't need to be in your class because I would just ask lots of questions. And I'm like, well, just because you say so doesn't mean that that makes sense to me. And then all the other Christian scientists who are of my age were all kind of like, I mean, were just like dorks and like weird. You know what I mean? Like it was just weird. And then I went to camp and I loved it because I met normal kids from everywhere that were Christian scientists. You know, I don't think most of them are anyway. I saw one dude in the airport. This guy, Tim Bird, was my counselor. I saw him in the airport like last year. Um, I don't think a lot of them are Christian scientists. But you anymore. just ran into this dude and- I ran into him at the airport. I was like, we follow each other on Instagram. I was like, Tim Bird. He's like, apologize. He's like, oh, I just pooped. I'm washing my hands. He's like, oh, that's cool. We don't got to touch, but like, it's good to see you. <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, but I went there for like four years until I, until I started doing like theater in the summer or whatever. And I really found just like great people that were regular people you know not like these weird like strange kids that i knew uh so that was really that was like a turning point that i thought it was cool and then we would do like you know 50 mile hikes and canoe trips and you know it was like a sports camp that we would have you know prayer in the morning and stuff like that but it was like just a regular camp
0: if someone cuts themselves, band-aid right you can use a band-aid we, you can't use Neosporin. I, I didn't use Neosporin really growing up,
1: I don't think. And maybe until... I don't remember if I used it in high school or not. But probably, probably not. I find this so fascinating. The other interesting thing about it, not to get political, but like Lamar An- Alexander, who's in the news recently, is yeah. a Christian scientist. And well, he is. all the Christian scientists in Congress, which there were a few, were always all... Re- always all Republican.
0: Right. Definitely I, not for healthcare.
1: I just remember hearing right and I, and I just remember hearing that growing up, you know, and being like, that's weird. Why are they all of one party? You know, not the party that my parents are. You know? That was always like
0: a strange Do you have an do you want to make an assessment about that? Or are you I, we don't have to I don't I have no make idea. this show political. No, I, if you want to make a statement about it, you can
1: I don't underst I don't know what it is. I don't know. I really don't.
0: I mean it might just be that they adhere to a a more faith centered focus and you know, pro life and stuff like that tends to be live in that. Yeah, I guess so. Like it might just be that, but I, I don't. But, but you're saying your parents were is, not Republicans. No,
1: there, no, no, there weren't. And it's one of the things about that's interesting about living in Washington D.C. and having a father who's a Secret Service agent, where you literally—he's right, a military guy too. He was too, right? But you can literally, you can understand. Like, I can understand why people vote for Trump. I can understand why people are everything. I can understand why people vote for Bernie. I can understand why people don't want to vote for Bernie. I get really annoyed and uncomfortable around people that. Lack the understanding to understand why people would be different. Mm. You know, that to me is like a dangerous energy. Like, if mm. you can't understand why someone would have a different viewpoint of you, view, and I think maybe being an actor, it's also helpful, like, you have to put yourself in different head spaces all the time. Mm-hmm. I have some good Republican friends and I love talking politics with them. We know where to go, we know where we don't want to go. And that's the great part of was the great part of this country is that we were all different and we could talk about things, although not anymore. Every time I think about religion, I always think of the first thing I always think of is like, well, pretty much every war was probably started because of religion. Maybe not World War One. Maybe that was like the assassination. I don't
0: know. It certainly had a lot to do with it. But Right.
1: And so I'm like, so, so I'm always like, yeah, I, I, it's always been weird to me. I don't know if it's for me. And then I think about the Holocaust and slavery and how like, Jews and and African Americans wouldn't have survived if they didn't have religion. They wouldn't have been able to hold out. So then, there's two you know forces of religion that you have where you're like, all right, one doesn't feel good, but then one feels like it's all that saved people.
0: Right. It can be incredibly uplifting. You know? It can bring the bond of community, right. the sense of a higher, a higher significance. And um, also,
1: you've got a son. Like, do you?
0: Are you raising him in a religion? You know what I mean. Like, are, how dare you turn this on me? Uh, <laughs> I no, I, I'm not exactly. We go to a Unitarian church sometimes. Okay, okay. Uh, And I've been really digging that. It's mostly just kind of like social justice oriented. Okay, uh, but it's a it's a definitely a place for meditation and reflection. And I've been kind of digging that for a while. I'm frankly not entirely sure uh, what the answer is. No, yeah. ultimately, I'm not raising him in religion, but I. I think through this show and also ultimately I just want my son to be educated. Yeah. You know, I just want yeah. my son to be educated about what faith is in many people. And I want my son to be educated about what science is and reason and, right. and what the, and what the world is and what we know about the world uh, from a scientific point of view, the chronology of the universe and these kinds of things. And um, I'm much more, I find much more wonder and joy in thinking about science and formation of life on earth and, right, right, you know, right. the, the, the deep, like breadth of time and space, that to me is a more wondrous idea to contemplate. And I get a lot of spiritual joy in that. How to impart that to my child and at what age, like I'm already doing it a little bit. There are books for kids that are science kind of books talking about the big bang and things like that. And so I read those books to him. Yeah, But I also want him to know that people believe in God and define God in specific ways. And I want him to know how people do that. So Yeah, it's. it's, I'm figuring it out.
1: I just ask it because it's something that I always wonder about because like being raised religious, even if you're rebelling against it your whole life, gives you this base. And I guess some people it's probably the wrong base, especially if you're being like attacked by a priest or something like that. But, you know,
0: like it it gives you like a moral, it gives you like a moral base in a way. Yes, but you know- But there's other ways to get that. Yeah, and, and at the risk of like, This is good conversation, but I don't want to spend too much time because there's a lot more I want to learn about you, to be honest. But I I believe at this stage in my life very firmly that morality is an evolutionary trait, that we have learned this and taught this to ourselves over time as humans living together. And, you know, the first cities were formed 12,000 years ago, like 10,000 BCE was the first cities. That's a long time people don't think about how long we've actually been hanging out around each other and people think a lot of times that you know jesus or moses or something brought us the laws and those laws had already been formulating over time to get us to where moses started reinterpreting these laws and bringing new laws and those laws were very important laws the ten commandments are some pretty hardcore true laws a lot of those things work today but it doesn't mean that it ended there either. Yeah, you know? yeah, for sure. there are also laws that we've needed to learn and continue learning. That's how I feel. And so, you know, I see ourselves as a part of a long evolutionary civili- evolutionary train of civilization. And I feel like we can be more and more civilized over time is the way I tend to look at things. So morality is not something I believe you have to get from the church, but I feel like you can get it there, but I think it can also be co-opted. And so, yeah. you know, a lot of people, depending on who your yeah. speaker is, And there are just countless examples of beautiful, enlightening, honest, true spiritual leaders and hypocritic, uh, lying, selfish, destructive spiritual leaders. And so the thing for me here to look at is be careful of your spiritual leaders and you know, follow the things that feel meaningful. Okay. That's enough talking on myself. I rarely talk that much. So, (laughs) um, you know, let's take a quick break here because then we'll get ourselves centered for uh, what will be a larger third portion, but we're going to be done here real soon. Okay. Okay. So we'll be back in a second. All right, guys, we'll be back. Okay, everyone, we're back with Paul. I've had such a good time talking with him. It is very easy to lose track of the time. And we've learned a lot of good stuff about Christian science. I've been so fascinated in understanding your upbringing and what that lens is. Thank you for sharing about all that stuff. Since we only have this last segment, I really wanna learn a little bit more about where you have grown in your spirituality since these early formative experiences, uh, which were peculiar and specific and unique. And also, if if you're open to talking about it, talking about how spirituality was either changed or grew or more in, you were more enlightened through what must have been a very challenging time losing your dad. Yeah. Um, so my dad died
1: uh, when I was 23, I believe. So you were young. Maybe that's not right. Maybe it was just 2000. No, yeah, I was 23. So it was like a year after I- You were young. Um, yeah, I'd been out here. And that was like the event of- that was like the life-changing event in my life because um, up until then, like I said, to be a Christian scientist, I feel like it, it, you're, you become an optimist. You're always thinking things are going to go right, and you have a fervent belief that that is what will happen, and so that happens. My dad died. It was like, oh, no, things go wrong, hmm. and you can't do anything about it. So I think growing up there were all these. There was always sort of two forces. There was a Christian scientist, which is like things should always go right. Then because my dad is a Secret Service agent, his life and training was always like what can go wrong at any time. So when he got diagnosed with cancer, he decided it was. Terminal, which my mom didn't tell me, and my sister at the time. So he got diagnosed in July, died in October. Whoa. Really quickly. I got to fly back and was with him in July. And luckily, I flew back to surprise him for his birthday two weeks before he died. So I saw him right before he died. So it was like, Holy
0: shit. So thank And they, for that. she didn't tell you how
1: close he was to death? They knew it was terminal, but she didn't tell me until we were together. I mean, he had deteriorated. When I flew back, he looked very different. You know, he didn't look great. So I kind of knew it was going to happen. and I was like making plans to fly back from LA to try to take care of him. So he, anyways, tried to, was like, oh, I'm going to try to heal this through Christian science. But he would always have been a terrible Christian scientist because he literally looked at life as what can go wrong at any moment. So that when he died, I feel like that changed my worldview, where now I'm like, oh, things don't work out the way Mm. you think they do, where I had always believed, even like becoming an actor, like it was... My parents were both super supportive. People would be like, "What's your your, you know, your second choice?" Like there is no second choice. This is going to work out. So after that happened, I, f- I realized recently that I became a pessimist. Mm. I became a pessimist. In life. Recently, I realized recently that since my dad died, my worldview was a pessimistic worldview. Oh, I see. And I became a pessimist where I had always sort of been kind of an optimist until then.
0: Wow. So, it was something that had happened since your father's death but you hadn't even really until recently.
1: Yeah, I didn't realize it. quite and understood yeah, how much you like did. the last 2 years where I was like, "Oh wow, I am a pessimist the way I look at the world." So like the last I would say probably brought on by my dog died very tragically in my arms. Aww. Uh uh a few years like ago. Was,
0: did the dog hit by a car or No, something? he just, like,
1: had a heart attack at the dog park. Oh, um,
0: but it just, like, was freaking out, and then all of a sudden died. Oh, my God. I know. God. He was running
1: after a ball, and then, like, he turned to me. Uh, and oh, so Paul. just, Holy. like, going through that and then, like, not working for a while and, like, you know, trying to figure out your place in, in this world. And I know that. I know right? that. Right? Like, a lot, of, I, a lot of people can relate to that. I find that I started was being drifted towards more towards – quote unquote spirituality which my mom has had found so after my dad passed away she started dating and she but a while after he passed away and she was having trouble and was just sort of like I feel like she was unable to figure out how to continue being a Christian scientist after that as well
0: Mm -hmm. you know it just
1: didn't make sense to her Um, did he refuse chemo and all that I don't I think it was too late for that wow I mean we haven't even really had that conversation but I'm Pretty sure July. Do you mind
0: if I ask what kind of cancer?
1: Yeah, he had liver and um, intestinal cancer. Oh, but really bad beautiful. to where the doctor was like, it looks like he was an alcoholic. And my dad didn't, tr- I mean, since I was born, didn't really drink. Wow. Yeah, so I think it changed. I'm sure it changed in my sister, too. I think it changed in all of us in a way. So my mom really started gravitating, like I said, towards you know, all these sort of alternative uh, woo-woo. Uh. Hmm. I remember the one time we were having a conversation, and she was like... About something about life, you know, and all of a sudden she was like, "Well, you know how you know water changes the, the shape of a crystal or something like that." And then there was like a twenty second pause. And she was like, "Are you still there?" I was like, "Yeah," and then we both just started <laughs> laughing. Like we uncontrollably started laughing, and I was like, "Mom's getting weird," you know. Um, this morning she texted me. Literally, this is my mom. She texted me this morning. I have to read this to you. This is like where she said, uh, "I love this." You should download the tapping solution. Tapping really helps with a lot of stuff. I used to tap a lot, but stopped about seven years ago. It really helps with stress. It can help you with your gastrointestinal issues too. You can go online and read about it, but there are lots of free tapping meditations on the app. You know, she's always just like sending.
0: What is tapping? I
1: don't know. I haven't even looked it up. I don't know what it is.
0: Oh my God. I'm going to look up tapping. Please. And I'm going to put it in the description and there's going to be a link to tapping. Please. Because I'm going to write that shit down. Hashtag tapping.
1: I have no idea what it is, but she's always like sending different things, but... Yeah, so now I think for me, now I, I think I'm at the point where I'm, I feel like I like arbitrarily decided, like, I feel like I like to be a Buddhist. Like, that sounds good. Like, that sounds interesting. And I've read some Buddhist books, and there's a lot
0: that I can like jive with. Um, Okay, this is interesting to me. Whether you end up a Buddhist or not, I am so down for this journey. Yeah. You know, this is what this whole thing is. This is how I'm expressing my journey right now. Right. He's bringing people in. I've done a lot of this myself and spent a lot of time trying to figure out what it is. How do I want to feel about the world? I have a very, what I would have always called a very spiritual sense in the world, but I don't have the language. I don't, that language doesn't resonate so much with me anymore. I have other language that I like to use to talk about resonance with the world, but there are just so many ways that people get resonant with the world. Yeah. And so where, wherever you end up, if you end up a rad buddhist cool if you if this leads you to seven different turns down the road right but what's interesting to me is after your father died it sounds like you did not think about spirituality much i don't think i thought about it much at all i think so i just we're 10, talking 10 years of this yeah know? probably i mean i don't want to pin you on your age specifically but i mean the point oh, is is really. that you know at least 10 years after your father has died you're a pessimist, but you're not aware of it. Right. You're not practicing any spirituality, like no. religion. You're not almost even thinking about the world in a spiritual sense. No, I think it was probably 2015 when I started
1: meditating. I remember I went to New York and I I booked this, this job at Moving New York. That was like a big job at the time. And I had meditated a lot before that. you know. And I remember being introduced to yoga and, and really enjoying it. And then being introduced to hot yoga and really not enjoying that, be mm. like, oh, I don't like yoga for fitness. Like that's mm-hmm. not what I, you know, I like it, to relax and be flexible and think about stuff. And it was like, oh, that's a good way to. That's a good way to go. I tend to run really hot. I get stressed out very easily. I get uptight sometimes. You know, mm-hmm. I can be judgmental of other people. Um, and so I feel like I see a pathway to, and I don't like those qualities about myself. I see a pathway that could change that. And a lot of that is, that's why I started reading some of the Buddhist books. Uh, I think right now there's a great book called something about a truckload of dung that I've bought three times. I've lost it twice, but then found (gasps) two more copies. That's such
0: a Buddhist thing because two other people found those books.
1: No, they didn't. No, I found them again. <laughs> oh, one <I> see. one <laughs> was under the couch, and then you know. So I just. No, it just three. That
0: felt like such a sort I of sad thing. Like right. the book was lost, but actually, what you did was you gave it. to I someone. I gave it to someone. <laughs> no, I just gave it to myself. But
1: like that, I think my I just took the four agreements. That was um, I think that's by Don Miguel Ruiz. That's another sort of like. Woo-woo sort of dude. Okay. Um, which is kind of a great book that a lot of people have read. The four great ones. One is like, be impeccable with your word. I can't remember the other three. I'm so bad at this. Well, whatever. But it's like, it's you know So in the morning, I try to read stuff like that, start the day. I'm never meditating as much as I want to, but I do love it. Mm. And I, when I do, there's a light bulb that goes off. I feel better about the world when I'm sort of in that space. So that's where I'm sort of going And also I think I looked at a lot of like really successful people meditate. It's even also like a way to like reset your brain. It's like when you have to like reboot your computer. Uh, So I feel like I'm drawn to that in the future. That's sort of where I am kind of hanging out. But I even have a reaction towards it because I really, even though I hated going to church growing up, I hated it. I hated dressing up and like stuffy clothes, I just knew it wasn't something that I enjoyed. I'm thankful that for the experience now and for everything that it gave me. I've had a friend who has kind of found religion, and he's always tried to bring me to church, and I have such an aversion to people trying to take taking me to church. Mm-hmm. I, I find that there's something about it that I don't, I don't know, I don't love.
0: It's authority to some extent. Oh, yeah. You know, someone else is telling you that this is... But the thing is, they're just trying to tell you what's working for them. Right, I know. And that's cool. I get it. And and, and so that's, that's straight up cool. But the thing is, is you spent a lot of time in church. Right. You know, you did your thing for a long time. You got your sense of what that is. For someone that's never spent time in church, they might get interested in that for a handful of years and take some things with them on the way and right. either stay with it or not stay with it. And you can ask me once or twice,
1: but like the what my other pet peeve in life is like, read the room. Do you know what I mean? Oh, like, I see. You're also talking about like, just stop asking. Well, like the people that like just don't like are not aware of what is happening it becomes such a, like a drain on everybody else because now everyone else who has like social mores and graces is, has to like deal with the fact that you don't have any. Mm. So it's like, if you keep asking me to do something that I do not want to do, mm. you know, I don't want to be a rude person. I don't know. And I understand. So I understand when people are trying to be nice and be helpful. Hey, I'm into this. Try that. I do that too. You know what I mean? And you try it and let it go. Um,
0: You're just talking about like, you don't want to get into, you may have been opening up. I'm just going to imagine you're having a conversation and you're like, I don't know, I'm thinking about Buddhist stuff. I'm thinking about this, I'm thinking about meditation, I'm thinking about yoga. And somebody's like, I go to this amazing church and I think that you would really love it. It will save your soul. And you're on a journey and you kind of just want to enjoy the journey and sort of it makes me feel like what you're saying, yeah. like you want to do it on your own. And you don't want somebody to take you into a structure again, Yes. I that, think is yeah. kind of what you're telling me. And I've certainly experienced that. I've, yeah. I've, I've had to tell people in my life like, hey, If we're going to still be friends, you can't ever talk to me about this anymore. Right, right, right. No more. Because I don't want to hear it. You know, uh, it's cool. I really love that you love it. I love that it works for you and your family and... I don't want to talk about your nudity.
1: Yeah. Like, I, you know, like, that's great for you. I'm not going to live that way. So please stop. Yeah.
0: And do you get people talking to you about their nudist speeches and things? <laughs> yeah. but, but there you are people gotta come that are over. Like... <laughs> we're all naked, even the kids. We're just hanging I out. want to meet your friends. <laughs> um, in fact, they're let all, me l- meet their They're friend. all large. So <laughs> okay. I, I'm just... Good. Great. More the merrier. Right, right. Um, so, everyone in your family, your mother and your sister, have all left Christian science at this point. You yeah. can all talk about it as something in the past. Yeah. And you're all sort of searchers now? Would you say in some way you're all sort of searchers now? Like the thing that maybe bonds you is that that you're all kind of...
1: I don't think... I don't know that my sister's a searcher in that way. Mm. Because it sounds like you and your mother are. My mother definitely is way more than... Yeah.
0: Like your mother's trying new things. She's always willing... Sounds like she's someone who's willing to try new things. And you're... My sister's not not willing to try new things.
1: Okay. (laughs) I feel like... I don't think she's so much of a searcher. But maybe that's wrong. We don't it's funny, we don't really talk about that too much. My sister's an author. She's a wonderful author, L. Penelope. Um, so we talk a lot. We talk we, L Penelope? L. is that like period. a
0: pseudonym or is that her real name?
1: Leslie Penelope is her Leslie Penelope James.
0: All right. So She's
1: by L. Penelope, and her we've books got are a, great. We've got an L. Penelope plug. So we talk a lot about like character, story, you know what I mean? Like we have lots of conversations. She does a podcast actually about Um, character and story and stuff like that and we just like dive into that that's where most of our conversations go so we don't really talk too much about religion it just doesn't really come up do you talk about your father? yeah I talk about my father I was thinking about that today it it really affects my mom a lot still and she's got a wonderful boyfriend um, of over three years we love Uh, but she talks about it a lot it still really affects her I don't Think it really affects me that much anymore. I was thinking about that when I was eating breakfast this morning. I've lived now 15 years without my father, right? So it's like that's life. Like, I don't even
0: 15 years is a long time, yeah. I don't, God, man, pretty soon you're gonna be nearing how many years? Thinking about that, Double and the fit. other thing is, if you think about it, really the first four years of your life, you're not thinking in like an adult way, you're not putting no. real memories together in that sense. So if you're getting really close to the amount of years where your brain was aware that you, like who your father was. Right. And now it's the amount of years that you're matching having lived without him. He died young, man. He died young, but he was also such a presence. Mm. Like my dad was like
1: a great man. You know? Sounds like it, man. Like,
0: he really, truly... I mean, what a baller. Like, lived a Secret life. Service fought in Vietnam. I grew up with around, like, Martin Luther
1: King and wow. in the Civil Rights Movement. Was he able
0: to talk? He sounds like he probably was. Was he able to tell you the stories and stuff? Like, he, he war talked about stories? Every, he talked and about
1: everything except for Vietnam. He didn't talk about Vietnam. Fuck, man. That,
0: what a fucking war. But he was man.
1: also an artist, which is crazy. Like, that's what he wanted to do. He was an art major growing up. He had, a, he had photography equipment everywhere. He had five bases. He was all, you know... It's like a fascinating man that if I ever became a good writer, I would write a story or something close to Mm. it. But yeah, it doesn't affect me anymore. It's just sort of like, you know, I grew up with a wonderful father who instilled a great moral compass. uh, And the way that I look at the world, a lot of the time is from him, as well as my my wonderful mother. Um, But it doesn't affect me as much as that he's gone now. It's just sort of like life, Mm. you know? Except when like I have a friend that loses their father, I always feel like, oh man, it's a a tough, it's a tough six, seven years. The first, you know, it's a tough, after, after maybe like eight, it started to become regular, but it's a
0: tough beginning. I have some friends that have, they talk about that. It's like, you're really, you, you pass through something that if you, if you have both your parents who don't understand. Right.
1: And also every time my mom, my mom just had an eye surgery and every time. She gets like, me and my sister are like, don't make us orphans, you know? Yeah. Like, we're like trying to hold on to because that would be, that will be devastating. Yeah. You know, no matter how old you are.
0: Mm. What is your, where do you get your most euphoric, transcendent, spiritually resonant place in the world now? You meditate, maybe it is that, or. Maybe meditation is just a way of living in the world for you or you know, a healthier way of living in the world. That's cool too. It's okay if it's things like drugs. I certainly have had amazing drug experiences. I've talked about it with different people on the show. Yeah, I mean, I, you know- That was gonna I, be
1: my first joking answer.
0: Well, I, I didn't want you to feel uncomfortable saying it because I, I uh, some people are uncomfortable admitting uh, or at least admitting on air, <laughs> you know? But I've had conversations about that. I've, I've certainly had experiences like that. I don't see you as someone that only needs that, but no, I'm just no, saying- no. God. But I'm, but I'm just saying, do you have places where, or, and this is, might be a separate question. You were a pessimist and are you now an optimist or are you somewhere in between? It sounds like you're saying that you identified that you were a pessimist and now you're something else. Can you articulate what that is and the, how that manifests? Yeah. Well, I think, I, I think after my dad
1: died, I really sort of, in order to survive, just like kind of went in. And I think I was very self-involved I don't think I was great to some of the wonderful people around me all mm-hmm. the time, you know? Um, and we are in a profession that it's very easy to be self involved. So I think where I am now is I'm just trying to like fight for who I am, you know, even the experience that I just did with a uh, soundtrack on Netflix, watch it guys, mm-hmm. uh, that experience <laughs> of like, you know, t- dealing with press and stuff like that. And one of my friend is, a. Uh, my publicist was one of my good friends, but like just just seeing how the experience was then being shaped and changed in an uncomfortable way for me, and I was constantly fighting for like trying to keep the experience the way that I wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. you know, I feel like I'm trying to do that in, in a lot of aspects of life. there was a lot of euphoria. And And tr- what what you were talking about, there used to be before Coachella became what it is now. I would go with like two of my very best friends still to this day. We would do some fun stuff, I'll say, sure, you know, and uh, have just the best time ever. I'm a huge music fan, so I still find those moments in music. I've seen Radiohead like 19, 18 times or something like that. So if I'm at a radio concert, my mind is always like, you know, I, I become a kid again. I think as I get older, though, things that are, are artistic can sometimes get – sometimes they're harder to enjoy, just purely enjoy, and I instantly think of the things that I need to do as an artist. You know what I mean? If I see great art, it's like – yeah, I gotta, I, I gotta write that. You know, I got yeah, I got, I have got stories I gotta tell if I see a great movie or, if, you know, if I, I, see a great band. Yeah, I gotta pick up the guitar and I, I gotta churn this out, mm. right? So I think for me, which Buddhism can be has been really helpful. Live in the moment. You know, there's something someone told me something like if you're looking backwards too much, you, you'll you get depressed. If you're looking forward too much, you'll get anxious. Mm-hmm. Right. If you're staying in the moment, you won't get either one of those things. So mm-hmm. it's easy to even when you do a TV show, you do it and then you got to wait like eight months for it to come out. And if your life is just about waiting for it to come out when it invariably gets canceled after a month, like soundtrack did. Sure, then man. you're like, what was that experience? Right.
0: So the best experience was shooting it. The best experience was being there. Hopefully it, it. it
1: should be that way. That's right. what it should be. You know what I mean? I have to remember when I have these euphoric moments or these beautiful moments to just let them be the moment. You know, and part of that is, too, is like not trying to record everything or just like try to remember and try to be in it. You know, try to when people are talking, try to listen to what they're saying instead of thinking about what you have to bad at that, you know? Mm-hmm. And on those moments, especially like travel days, which are terrible, I'm going to be traveling all day. Like, how am I going to enjoy this fucking day? Mm. Well, now I start getting to the airport early. I'll have a beer. You know, I'll do a little crossword. It's like enjoy every day, even if it's not, you know, and then then listening to when I'm not enjoying something, like when I'm, or if I have an audition that I'm like, I don't want to go on. It's like, why don't you want to go on this? And then you have to honor that,
0: Mm. you
1: know? You have to honor what, when you don't want to do something, you have to sort of honor that too. So yeah, I think art for me is always, can be meditative, but it can be euphoric, can be all these amazing things, but I need to do a better job of divorcing
0: result from it. Oh man. You know? I know that so well, you know, so many people in in art in general, but certainly I'm in my business, so I'm mostly talking to other actors or people that, boy, do I know that. I know that feeling. Yeah. That's cool, man. You're at a cool point. I feel like in some, I mean, I see similarities as we were talking outside of the mic. Uh, There's similarities, you know, we're not too far off in age. I'm a little older than you, but you know, there's, it comes a point where you just got to like, you start to see the pattern of this business. You start to see the pattern of what it means. And like you, you mentioned earlier at one point, I totally understood this sense what you were saying is like. My parents were supportive. I was going to be an actor. And then I was an optimist. It's just like, of course, it's going to happen. And, you know, for all intents and purposes, it, it did. did. It did for you. And you know, you. you've had a lot of, and for me, <clears throat> you've had a lot of success. And yet that success is to keep working and going out. You and I are talking about pilot season and stuff. And these are good things, healthy things. These is a part of the business. We understand that. But we also, you know, talk about growth, talk about next level mental health and all that stuff. I'm, I'm with you on this, you know. That's how this show came to be. Yeah. 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 It's cool, man. It's cool. Is there anything else you want to say? People ask me sometimes,
1: like, oh, do you believe in God? I don't pray to God or or, or talk to him or her or it. Often, like, like, like that. But I think I believe in a higher power because I believe it is, for me, it would be much harder to get up every day if I thought it was all on me. Mm. So I do believe that there is a plan, that there's a higher power. I believe deeply in everything happens as it should. I can look at every valley I've had in my life and can directly correlate that to the rising later and the lesson that I needed to learn and sometimes I have to learn the same lesson. I'm, I'm not learning the lesson. So sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. you'll see the same thing pop up over and over again. You haven't learned that lesson. Sometimes, when you're in those things, and they for, you're in the hardest parts of your life, and it forces you to search and to look and to become a better person and to add more skills to you. And I think there's something divine about that. My New Year's resolution has been to listen to the signs, look look for the signs. As simple as a light bulb not going out when I'm trying to read at night, okay, it means you need to go to bed. Hmm. You know what I mean? Oh, the, the television's not working. Okay, so don't watch television, right? You know what I mean? I me fix it. But like, you know, like these signs that like ha- happen all the time, but you're not paying attention to them. Hmm. You're trying to exert your will. So I believe in sort of like sitting back, figuring out what to do, listen to the signs. That's my... It's my 2000, did I say 19? that's my 2020 creed
0: that feels good I don't know if you said 2019 if you would have said 2019 I probably wouldn't have noticed my brain is like half mush yeah that's cool man it's very yeah. much living in the present it's you're, you've mentioned that in a few different ways Buddhism you've said present you know you've you you can tell that I mean it's the journey of all of us like anybody that's tuned into this stuff you're talking about that in different ways but I look forward to keeping tabs on you and seeing what the new. Do you play music? Do you have a band? I don't have a band.
1: No, I just have like guitars. And you just pedals. like playing. I just love playing. You know, are you I, good? Uh, no, <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not good, but
0: I don't think that I'm bad. Hey man, you're probably great. I get the idea that like just playing, just because it's fun to play. I just was wondering. Well, yeah, because it's the other thing too. I think if you're an artist, it's
1: like. When you're an artist and you start making your career in that art, it no longer becomes necessarily always the most joyous thing in your life as it is when you're doing... When that's the alternative to, like, math. For sure. Right? Yes. Now that is the math. So what's your alternative? For me, for, you know, for a while it was like snowboarding, I used to love that, and then I almost like died, so now I don't know if I'm gonna do that again. But like, Oof. if I can divorce the thought of like, I need to play this, and get a drummer, and start a band, and do this, if I can divorce myself from those thoughts- Yeah, man, just I'm play, almost an
0: asshole for having asked it. It sounds like that's, your, that's, your, that's a sense of peace for you. That's a sense of artistic joy and creativity, and it's yours. Yeah. You can hold it, and it's yours. It's important to have that stuff. So yeah, yeah, man. No,
1: that's what my dad did. That's why he did. I think that's why he did all the art stuff that he that he did. You know, he loved it.
0: Thanks for coming in, man. Thanks for having me. This was really lovely. I, I learned it. a lot of shit, and it was really fun getting to hang out with you. You too, man. Um, Seriously. All right, all, and thank you all for listening. You know what, I'm gonna edit that out <laughs> just but leave them all in. but but if you're cool with me leaving it in I just if you could have seen I'm his face guess- it was I'm like the well you chest mentioned guess- gastrointestinal.
1: Oh my stuff that like your mother's Every, writing you texts about I gastrointestinal I I stuff avacons, right now. Everything makes sense. I work.
0: know. I offered him avocados. Um, I offer everyone avocados in the way. he's like, no, it's just telling my intestinal system. I never me. heard that. I
1: know. There's this, there's this Korean acupuncturist that I actually need to go back to, Dr. Min Kim. <laughs> I, this guy has healed many people who have like had things, problems. And they go to him and LA, you know, people in LA know about him. It's hard to get into. And uh, he's going to tell me what I can eat and what I can't eat. And I got to do that anyway. I think I'm going to put this after the end. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like sometimes I put little egg Easter eggs at the end. And I think this will be a little, uh, it's going to open with your burp. Yeah. Right. (laughs) But I was thinking,
1: when I, back to your question though, I was thinking like.